stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. So you didn't drown last night, so that's good. Um, no, I had a heavy leak flowing through my roof, and there are a lot of towels that are just soaked with some house residue and rainwater. And uh, just like it caught in time. Uh, Almost lost my John Carlo jersey. That would have been bad. A Johnny yeah. Collar Sand jersey. That would have been oh, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, lose my Johnny baby. Yeah, well, we're back. We took a little break, obviously. Uh, the Boone, we were going to do stuff for the Boone news, but Dan's laptop went kablooey. I um, have been without technology for two weeks. It's been fun. Yeah, he dropped his laptop, so we've been kind of... Didn't drop it. I spilled Dr. Pepper on it. Please. That is the most... Tex- that is so Texas of you now. <laughs> I was eating lunch. And there I was. <laughs> someone wanted a bite of my sandwich, so they got the bite of the sandwich, but at the same time, I was choking on like a bunch of chips or whatnot. So I reached for the Dr. Pepper, and it just our hands like cross paths and it just slips out of my hand. Cause I guess like my hand, I couldn't figure out where it was. Thing <laughs> so there I was <laughs> leading tower of Pisa right onto my keyboard. Oh no. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was working for a good like 10, 15 and then keyboard went kaput. So um, yeah. Thank that. Shout out to Tim Apple over at Apple incorporated for uh, getting out these new MacBooks. See me. Tim hit us up. That's good. Um, yeah, we took obviously a little bit of a break because of that. Um, also, the Yankees weren't in the playoffs and they suck. Yeah, we figured we'd do a little bit of a break because I think mentally we needed a reset. We kind of knew where things were headed, of course. We gave you a little like talk about like what the Yankees could do to, you know, um, you know, improve, I guess. We figured we'd do a quick episode, but now we've let everything simmer. Yeah. The Bravos came out on top of the, the hunk Astros. of metal is going back to Atlanta. Yeah, first time since 1995. I guess this means that John Smoltz can no longer call baseball games. That's huge. That's tough for him, great for America. Yeah, it's it's a you know tremendous content, if you will. Um, we found out that baseball is a regional game only. No one cares about it on a national level. Yeah, not a single soul. Um, you know, and apparently, you know, we're not going to dive into it too much because. You Just can read about all this on As a note, I don't think an interview has gone as poorly as Rob Manfred's discussion at the World Series. Even last year, that opening day one with the lightning behind him. Like, yeah, that was, was a premonition. T- that was so terrible. He is not, like, just not even as a commissioner, just as a person, that dude is just the worst. Yeah. But although, to his credit, he's not even the worst commissioner in the four major leagues right now because Gary Bettman is actively being called on to get out of there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. I. I don't know. I just don't think as a good commissioner. People, I think, no. just like to measure everyone against silver because the, he lets the players pretty much run the league for, you know, purposes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it uh, is what it is. It is what it is. The The Bravos came out on top. The Astros are now over three in terms of World Series. You hate to see it. Can't yes. believe that happened. Yes, over three. Still no titles. No, not a single one. Uh <laughs> Uh, but I will say that I think the Braves winning, although you don't agree because you and your doyers are have a little thing going behind the scenes. Um, I think this was the best outcome in terms of what the Yankees fans wanted because you had the Sox making a run that they shouldn't have made because they're, you know, climbing out of the rebuild. They're out. 
Yeah. Astros lose, which obviously Yankee fans love because you're tired of them winning, number one, in the American League. They're not really a rival, so to speak, but whenever right. the games come up on the schedule, you mark them off. Plus yeah, of course. the whole 2017 shenanigans. And then you have the Dodgers, which as a baseball fan and a fan of the Yankees, I never like to see a team repeat unless it's my own. So I do think the Braves was the best outcome for us. Plus, little it gives a little slander to the Mets, that NL East. Yeah, they were comfortably leading at one point at the well, not com- well, yeah, pretty comfortably. They're up by like yeah. half. Braves were in fourth, I think, at that time. Yeah, the NL East was a jumbled mess. Um, Braves came out on top. It's a good story of why you should go for it at the deadline, even though your team like might not be as good, depending on how things look. Obviously, there's certain metrics that go into that, but Alex Anthopoulos great GM um the Braves hamstring a little bit because he's not allowed to spend like a crazy amount obviously um but he's uh he's pretty good at when he goes for it he makes very crafty trades he traded for four outfielders to replace one in Acuna who was having an MVP type season mind you right before he tore his ACL so kudos to the Braves uh for winning it all uh not much of a didn't really care to root for the Braves but obviously lesser two evils I, I just don't want to see John Smoltz have, be happy ever. So, but it's fine. Um, yeah. yeah we all, move on. That, all ends well that ends well. Uh, Sucks the, that this was the last baseball season ever, but you know. Yeah. I mean, we're going to give you some offseason talk, but this is an offseason for 2022 that did just that season might not even happen at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, there's a lockout coming probably by the end of next month, but there are ways to get around it. There are, have been, there have been a couple moves here and there. Some teams might get aggressive early on in November and just make deals before the next CBA. I feel like the big name for agents will not. Yeah, like, they probably want to yeah. get the whole parameters of what's going to be happening. Yeah, your big names like the shortstop classes and uh, like high end pitchers, they probably will not sign just yet. Um, but I feel like there's going to be some like smaller ish deals. Probably not with the well, you never know because of like cash and operates, but probably like, mostly be re signings, if anything. Yeah, it'll probably be re signings. Like you could get a Rizzo re what's up? You get... <laughs> Your audio made like a weird yeah. mirror type fluttering noise. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the behind the scenes that you, you don't get to see. Yeah. But um well, peek yeah. behind the curtain. Peek behind the curtain. Pay no attention to the man behind here. Um yeah, you might get some re-signings. Maybe we'll get a Rizzo deal in there if they choose to, you know, go back to him. Obviously, that's been kind of rumored. Um, but yeah, I feel like there there might be some aggressive smaller deals to happen early on in this month that we get to see. The winter meetings are next; they start next Monday, so you could see some traction for, um, you know, like teams are talking to so and so, whatnot. Um, isn't no, not the winter meetings, the GM meetings. I think those are different yeah. than winter ones, right? Yeah, those are winter different. ones were canceled. I think right. No, well, let me double check. But yes, they, there's two. There's GM meetings. I know that um, some group of people are not doing work that they should be doing. Correct. Uh, key offseason dates for this GM meetings are next week. Okay, so this I'm looking at SNY. Um, they this is really when they talk about trade. So uh, you might hear some stuff about the Yankees, possibly you know just yeah. greasing the wheels in some trades. Uh, targets probably include pretty much anyone on the Oakland A's at this point after Bob Melvin was hired away by the Padres. That was a big deal yeah. Uh, in terms of us. Um, did see a tweet right before we hopped on. Um, someone had said, uh, you know, the Yankees move kind of – not super quickly, but they moved quick enough to re-sign Boone, of course, with a three-year deal. But 
Cashman had the weird that weird quote where he said if Boone had hit, you know, free agency for managers, he would have been the top candidate on the market, which I mean, I guess no one knew about Bob Melvin possibly hitting free agency, but then again, there were reporters who were saying like he declined his like his options declined or something like that, so he would have hit free agency anyway. So that feels like a huge just yeah, we're gonna miss there. Um, Bob's also a like Melvin's also a Cali guy, so I don't really know if he was gonna come out east anyways. But I know Mets fans and Yankee fans were killing the teams for not being more proactive there. The Mets fans have like the Mets have way more problems though. They don't even have a GM or pro, like we could run the team. I think at this point we we're probably. We, I mean, we might be on the list. Yeah, at this point, you know, Sandy might have seen. I mean, uh, Steve might have seen some tweets. He's probably like, yeah, get these guys in there. I'm gonna um, call Dan and Dave and see what's up. Oh god! <laughs> Imagine they just go back to Jared Porter. <laughs> Honestly, Buster only probably be behind that, but yeah. God. Um. Yeah, the winter meetings are December sixth and ninth. They're in uh, they're in Orlando this year. Um, but they, yeah, they're supposed to be in person too. Um, yeah, you'll probably hear some stuff about trade rumors. Uh, maybe a Matt Olson trade, perhaps. That would be nice. Get the, get the wheels rolling on that. I know that's been a popular trade target for a lot of people. Um, but if yeah. Rizzo doesn't come back, yeah. But... Uh, let's go into free agent targets. I guess anything else you want to talk about with the postseason, like the length of games? Let's talk about that for a hot second. We we uh, got we got everyone hated that the games ended late, but. I think the Since shortest like, one was the shortest one, the 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 last game, because that felt like it actually went by kind of quick. Yeah, they zoomed through that one. I'm pretty sure every game ended closer to t- midnight Eastern than 11 Eastern. Yeah, because that uh, one was from the middle. It was like 1130, which I was like, okay, I could like watch this last out, go to bed, feel, you know, because I'm old. So, yeah, we're dying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's always, there's ways to like maneuver the clock around, but they're always going to lose some some time zone is going to be screwed out of luck. And I guess they just figure the East Coast is probably the best one since they're hoping they're staying up till midnight anyway. Uh, games were what they were. It was fine. I was barely paying attention to this World Series since the Braves went up 3-1. So things just happened as they did. Yeah, more or less. Um but this did feel like a postseason on autopilot. I will say that it just ever since the Yankees were out, which I guess anyone could say about their team, they're out. They don't have any more rooting interest. But this one especially didn't feel like there was anything crazy going on. I think last year I had more interest just because obviously it was a shortened season. So we were so deprived of sports that I was like, might as well just keep going on with it, of course. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's it was uh, it was a pretty boring much to do about nothing postseason, personally speaking, I guess. I, even yeah. from like a neutral standpoint, I was just like, I, I don't know. It was like basically I just wanted the Astros to lose and I, like I wanted the Sox to lose and then I wanted the Astros to lose. And then I was like, OK, Braves win. I don't like this is fine. This is a net neutral for me. Yeah, this this means nothing in the long run. No, had the Dodgers have won, it would have been a nice like, okay, they spent money, they got here, they went for it at the trade line, they went big for it at the trade deadline. It would have been a nice like, okay, it's a swift kick in the, you know, for cash to do stump the cash and how to do something, but it's whatever. Uh, let's go we on move. a free agency. Let's let's yeah, let me move. Let's go on a free agency. Um, so revisiting Cashman's end of the season press conference slash we're welcoming back Aaron Boone press conference. Um, for many years, yeah, three years. He's the gift that keeps on giving. 
you think that like, do you, are you with me where you think that's just like the, the next year is kind of like, tied just, them. Yeah. Do you think they just like, yeah. In theory, I know they had to give like the, they gave them three years, but you'd think that it's really just like a one year deal. And like, you know, we'll see what happens after this one. Uh, I mean, I guess they could fire him after any time, but my thinking was that the three years is when Cashman's deal ends. Oh, do you think they secretly extended cash? I think a they, bit? yeah, and I think they wanted to marry the deals together. So if they, mm-hmm. there had to be a, a ceremonial ending to everything. They just kind of, yeah. There's no word on Cashman did say this. He's technically contracted through next year, and that's it. So there could be some phantom deals going on here, where we went out here that Cashman's yeah. tied up for another two years, and he's locked in with or three years, I guess. And he's locked up with Boone, but uh, we'll see. I feel like next year's the hinge year and then the other two. Yeah. Like Boone is signed for another three years. So 2022, 2023, 2024. Cashman is signed just through 2022. And I feel like if there's no extension, like he's saying there isn't for him, Cashman talking about next year hinges on both of them. Boone. That's my yeah. school of thought. But you could be I, right where they just tacked on an extra two years to Cashman's deal and that's it. And we'll see. Yeah. Thanks for the moves. Here's a little fun. Yeah, I don't know. Next year does seem like a big point, a turning point for the Yankees. So I think you're more right than anything that they'd be willing to turn them free. Yeah. And this is kind of like a long distance kind of goal. Like in three years, if we haven't been to the World Series twice, we haven't won a championship, then that's when the serious evaluations come. Which is like feels behind schedule but sure yeah incredibly behind schedule yeah your window is now and like we have to maximize this because J- J- judge is rapidly hitting free agency he is approaching jersey mike's franchisee status. yeah he might just buy a minority stake in the giants and call it a deal honestly at this point um yeah so going off of some of cash's comments he did explicitly say that shorts out is going to be an area of like need for the team uh, they want to tighten up infield defense. Glaber is for sure moving to second base next year. Um, so that locks in at least one spot. But obviously, you know, trades could happen. So at this point, we're kind of looking at something like this. Like he did mention he wanted to bring back Rizzo. He emphasized Rizzo a lot. Yeah. Voigt feels like a guy who's gone if you read between the lines. I, you don't have to read between the lines. It's just no, there's yeah. an active yeah. There's an active anti between yeah. player and front office. Yeah, uh, Lindsey Adler had a piece about that too. It's like him, Clint Frazier, and Miguel Andohar are probably all gone this offseason. Um, yeah, either by way of trade or non-tender if they can't find any takers for them. Uh, I feel like they'll be able to find something for Voight, but knowing Casher and how stingy he is, like we'll see. Miggy feels like a big time non-tender guy, honestly. I don't really know who's yeah. gonna take a flyer on him. He can't field. Obviously, if there's a universal DH, it gives you a little bit of leeway, but he also hasn't been healthy in the past three years. So that feels like a huge non-tender. Clint also feels that way, but like that might just be more health related because no one knows if that man's gonna play baseball again. Like all the best to him, of course, and that don't want him to like he's dealing with a serious brain injury potentially and some vertigo issues, of course, too. We've talked about it repeatedly, so would just yeah. like to see him get healthy in general for himself. Um, but yeah, uh, it does feel like void. It, it doesn't, it does feel it like it voice pretty much gone. You're gonna have DJ obviously because he's locked up for the next five, he's locked up for five more years. That's he our curiously, guy, baby. Yeah, he curiously didn't mention Geo, so 
people were kind of reading that like maybe Geo might be traded, but I feel like no news is good news there. Yeah. Is that where your school of thoughts at? Like you think he's going to be back as a third baseman? Yeah, I think he'll be back. I think the next time that Geo is really up for debate is when some of our prospects, if they remain in the system and aren't traded for starting pitching, which is something that I was giving consideration to given the depth of the shortstop class and kind of the lower age of this group. Gotcha. Uh, um, then I think potentially moving, if you sign a shortstop to third or you mm-hmm. move him to second mm-hmm. and then just moving pieces, then geo might be gone, but yeah, there's I flexibility mean, yeah, yeah. abound, I guess. Um, I yeah, mean, the start- flexibility is hindered by that DJ contract. Yeah. It, it looks not terrible, terrible in retrospect. I do think he should rebound a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to it was the juice ball. And I feel like he also was just kind of banged up too. They, yeah. they really kind of pinned it on both. So hopefully he can at least get back to being a consistent, like top of the order type of guy. If not, please, for the God, just moving down the order. It's, I know it sucks, but he's not getting paid an absurd amount of money. So it's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it feels like three infield spots probably tied up, but somewhere between Glaber, Geo, and DJ barring a trade. Voight's gone, I think, at this point. Uh, yeah. Rugi's probably going to float around as a utility guy, as he should be, not a starter. Um, uh, yeah, you're most people are not on board with DJ playing first base full time because obviously the offense won't warrant him being a first base full time. And I've floated into that camp now, as opposed to before, where I was just like, you could just fake him there if you get enough offense from your shortstop, whoever you sign, you should be okay. Um, yeah, I'm of the belief if you don't flip Glaber or Geo this offseason and you do go out and get a first baseman in some capacity, just use DJ as your original plan to rotate in between three positions. Feels easy yeah. enough. He's a great floater. I mean, that's what they originally intended him to be when they signed him to that two year deal. Like, just yeah. he was going to play some second, he was going to play some first, and he was going to play some third, and he fills in in all three spots admirably. So, I feel like that's not the worst option for them. Um, but it feels like shortstop is going to be a big, it's going to be emphasized. Um, it's going to be huge. You want to do the two schools of thought? You want to do like, we could go big or we could go just yeah. small. Okay. I'll yeah. start with small. That way we can ramp up to something that's nice. Um, I would yeah. say the overwhelming small school of thought is that the Yankees sign someone like Angelton Simmons to kind of be a plug. Anti-vax Ander- Anderson Simmons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got that Angelique. defensive outlook that I think the front office might be looking for, given kind of the dearth of defensive upside in that yeah. spot. And plus, he'd be carrying a much lesser hit than someone like a Correa or a Seager. Yeah, um, this is a guy they looked into at trade deadlines before, and I think yeah. in like free agency, his glove yeah, is been- great married to the Yankees in name, just like Tulowitzki was. So I think he'd be a good defensive guy for the team, but I I don't necessarily think he's going to be the, he shouldn't be the guy because your prospects are, I think Volpe is like 20 Peraza's younger. And then you have Trey Sweeney below that, right. Who's just got drafted. So you have these three shortstops in your top 10 prospect pool, but none of them are going to be ready within I don't know. You would say three years at, is 
probably the soonest. If you're really optimistic, people are like Volpe in like two years, and I'm like, I'm he just hit a ball. Like, yeah, Peraza is a little ahead of him. I don't think Simmons can be your guy for two years. No, Peraza is ahead of him because Peraza was a double A last year, but this was his first breakout year. So yeah, I want to see him sustain that before I'm. You need consistency from your farm guys before you start shuffling them up. Correct. I don't get me wrong. I'm excited that we have prospects, but I mean, you remember Jorge Mateo, right? Like we unfortunately do. Yeah. I mean, okay. So prior, if you don't remember prior to like Glaber and like DD and one, well, it was while DD was here, uh, but it was before DD like took off and started hitting. Well, there was a shortstop prospect named Jorge Mateo who went in the sunny gray deal to the A's. He stole 82 bases in the minors. He was like the next, big shortstop prospect for the Yankees. They were like, okay, his bat to ball skills are pretty good. His defense is a little suspect, but I think the speed and the bat will outplay everything else. They eventually got Glaber. Like this was 2016. He was having his very guy year. They got Glaber at the same deadline when they flipped uh, Chapman, of course, to the Cubs. And it was like, all right, so now you have your choice between two different shortstop prospects. The next season comes around, Mateo regresses and they flip him in a deal for something great, which was smart at the time. Obviously, you needed a starter, and Glaber became the guy who would probably be the next, you know, best you know, Yankee shortstop. Obviously, a DD at the major league level at the time, and it was, you know, you could choose between the two. One of them would play short, and the other one would play second or third. Obviously, things don't really work out that way, of course, but this has happened before. They had two elite shortstop prospects in the minors, and they had to choose between one or the other, and, you know, one doesn't pan out. Uh, so that's one school of thought, of course. Is yeah. that they can go very cheap at the position, sign you a Simmons or a Jorge, uh, Jose Iglesias because they're cheap. They probably only ask for a one or two year deal. Their club is fantastic, which they want to prioritize better defense, obviously, after getting nothing from Glaber there defensively last year and offensively, too, of course. But the other school of thought is that there's a lot of good shortstop. There's a big fish in the sea and you got to go get them. I mean, there's five. Well, Three really, and then like two other ones who are pretty good. There's a lot, there's different tiers to the top five, I guess, shortstops, but they're it's a good class. It's a really good class. They all have flaws in different ways, but it's a very, very good class of shortstops that is coming in. So we'll start at the top of the class. Let's go, let's go with Korea. I think okay. Step one, everyone shut the hell up about the 2017 Astros thing and how the Yankees won't ever be able to get past it because of the sign-stealing scandal and how they hate him in the clubhouse. If you had Garrett Cole on this team, that's obviously a sign that they're fine. I still think some of these boys are – like some of these guys are boys with Beltron still too. Like, yeah. And that was the guy who created the whole thing in the first place. Yeah. He's Boone and Cora are best friends. Like, uh, So I don't think it'll happen is number two, I guess, because I already did a number one. Yes. Number three, I do think he's leaving Houston. Now. I don't think Crane is going to pay for this guy. They lowballed him at 120 over six years. And, like, yeah, again, seems like a fine extension, obviously. And I guess in a financially driven world, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like, that's a great amount of money. I would turn that down. But, yeah, even given what's going to happen with the CBA, like, in no way, shape, or form should Cray have taken that. So, you know, yeah. If that's their max offer, if they don't really go much above that, there's no way he's going to – I don't think he sticks around Houston. Yeah. Um, um, off of Correa, I think Seager might be the better guy just because of the left-handed bat. I think he might fit in a little better. I think both Correa and Seager 
are going to end up making a similar amount of dough. I think Correa is going to make a higher just because of the season he had. He's younger. He can play a very mean shortstop after having some defensive concerns early on. Like his arm is an absolute cannon and he can really pick it up short. So he should profile to stick there long-term. Seager, I like the lefty bat more. His defensive yeah. profile isn't that great. Like he's not a fantastic short. I, he's not as bad as Glaber, I would say. But That's he's not... the only caveat that we need is better than Glaber. Listen, okay, so if you're thinking, you know, you have a couple shortstop prospects to play around with, right? Like, this is my thought. Seager profile has always profiled better as, like, okay, he should move off to, like, second or third, probably third base long-term, right? Yeah. You figure Volpe or Peraza is ready in about two, three years. Okay, you lock up Seager long-term, right? By the time these guys are ready, you move Seager over to third. You're asking, what happens to Gio? Gio is technically a free agent after 2024. At that point, I think Gio is about 32, 33 years old. We really yeah. don't. We, I, I'm expecting him to rebound. I am optimistic. I do like Gio. Don't get me wrong. But you're not 100 sure what you're going to get out of him. You know, going forward, he could regress into just the the glove first guy instead of the you know offensive guy that we've seen the past couple of years. Um, he'll be on the older the other side of 30. Obviously, he was a late bloomer, but you know you could just let him walk without a care in the world if you have Seager locked up because you could shift Seager over a third, and then one of these guys just comes up and grabs a shortstop position. Yeah, it feels like the easiest transition. To me personally, but yeah, I think that's where I'm with you. Unfortunately, we agree, so there can't be that much discussion about (laughs) which is better. But I do think Seeger it's splitting hairs. Like, I again, would I love to see them just go full evil empire and shell out money for Korea? Absolutely. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. He feels like he wants New York because he knows he can leverage the most money out of either New York team at this point. Um, you know, the Mets seem uh, the Mets are obviously locked up with Lindor and they seem a little committed to bring back Baez, especially. Yeah, with that's where I think they're there. headed, especially without having present baseball operations or a general manager. I think they're probably just going to keep it in house, try to resign Baez, and that way it'll be the simplest move. Yeah, exactly. They already have him. He hit pretty well with, uh, with the team down the stretch, the whole thumbs down scandal, notwithstanding, of course. But, you know, he's used to it. They have him in house. He hit well. He's best friends with Lindor. It feels yeah. like just a no-brainer for them. And he plays a really good second base in addition to shortstop. So that that it feels like bias probably goes back there. But um, we'll also talk. Well, I get, I mean, this was like a dream candidate for me, of course, like a once once upon a time, but now obviously it doesn't feel like it'll happen at all. Bias honestly does feel like a clunky fit in terms of his offensive profile with the Yankees, because that dude doesn't walk at, he set a career high and walks this past season with 29. Yeah. 29. I think he was close to leading in swings and misses as well yeah he uh, so again he's the we antith- have enough of that yeah he's pretty much the antithesis of joey gallo i guess in terms of what you want out of a like you know like uh he's all strikeouts and no walks instead of all strikeouts and all walks the new york media already kind of roasted him a little bit for the whole thumbs down thing like i can't see this going any worse if the yankees decided hey we're gonna pivot to bias they had interest in him at the oh. deadline but i feel like that was probably just a short-term solution if anything. So that's where most people are uh, kind of leaning with this one. Um, I like him just as an overall baseball player, but I don't expect to see him uh, with the Yankees next year. But there are worse, like, secondary yeah. options, I guess, the position than, like, pivoting to a bias. The other guy, other two guys we need to talk about, uh, Trevor Story, who we've clamored about as a trade target this whole past year. We thought we were getting close to a deal with him in July this past year. Fell through. And now we're seeing reports that the Yankees have kind of soured on him overall as fit for the team. Yeah, I guess they saw his early performances from last year, considering that and his split at Coors, which 
obviously the Yankees are a team that would look past that because they signed DJ. Yeah. Um, so they're already used to having to overcome something like that. So I do think story is due for a rebound in the same way that Gio Glaber are due for offensive rebounds and hopefully DJ as well. But I just feel like the organization has soured on the idea of story. Like you said, must've been something happening last year that really made them not like him. Yeah. He, uh, it was a, on paper, like for the Yankees, the way they've been constructed, it feels like a natural fit. He's a very high strikeout, but like big power guy. And he also has really good speed, which is like, you know, something they haven't really had, of course, at all. So he is a good stolen base threat, uh, as well as a power and glove combo. But this past year, you saw regression offensively. Um, started picking it back up a little bit towards the second half of the season. Uh, I'll look at his splits in a second, but his Glove slipped. He usually is a pretty solid defender there. He had some elbow issues, so people are wondering if like that's going to affect him as as a shortstop, I guess, going forward. Uh, and there were some teams that had looked at him as a center fielder at the deadline. Um, we had made jokes that it probably would have been us because we like to do that clunky, like the Yankees like to do a little bit of clunky fit like that. So maybe it was us. I have no idea. Uh, he did hit better in the second half, but not by much. I get OPS plus went up a decent amount. Uh, he definitely slugged a lot more, but overall, kind of a Kind of an eh season for him, um, so I might have turned them off. Um, I did see River Avalu's have a hot take that like the one shortstop will end up will be him um, on a one-year deal. So I feel like they're, they're again, also worse routes to go. You're still getting a guy who could rebound exponentially well, kind of like a giving DJ two years and then locking him up long-term. So I wouldn't hate it. I feel like the ship has kind of sailed just the way people insiders are talking about everything um, regarding yeah. the story. But personally, I wouldn't think, hate it. I think other people probably might be a little wary on that one as well. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he didn't get moved at the deadline says something about either what the Rockies valued him at versus what other people valued him at. It's also just the Rockies we're talking about here. Yeah. They're not Although they did at. offer John Gray a nice contract. Yeah, we'll get back to the pitchers in a second. Um, and then the last guy I guess on the list would be uh, Trevor. Oh, not Trevor. Um, mm-hmm. Not the not the New Orleans quarterback. No, nope, not Trevor Simeon. Oh, nope. sorry, I made the yes. same mistake in my head earlier. Don't worry. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, fantasy football just solely on that line shot right now. Um, Marcus Simeon, who played yeah. second uh, played second base this past year for the Blue Jays, had a phenomenal year. Rebounded very well from his. Uh, pretty poor showing in 2020 so he might be more like the 2019 version of himself he had 45 home runs career high absolutely shattered that age of 30 um 102 rbis stole 15 bases played every single game um led the majors and played appearances actually i'm looking at his numbers right now they're phenomenal yeah uh batted 265 330 334 obp ops plus of 133 it's like pretty much right in line with his 2019 season except he struck out more um, as opposed to that year, um, he's 30. So, you know, little concern with age regression there, but he plays a mean second base as he evidenced this past year, a position he had played in well over seven years. And when he is playing shortstop, he's improved ever since his initial struggles there at the position. So I honestly yeah. would love to see the Yankees go out and get him if they really are, you know, they can't find anything. Um, I know Joel Sherman, my favorite reporter ever, kind of pegged him as a second best fit next to uh, Corey Seager. I actually do kind of agree with that a little bit, although his reasons for them signing Correa were related more to the cheating scandal than anything else. Yeah. I saw that it was really permeating the discourse. Yeah, um, it was 
that was basically the gist of his whole article that they would avoid Korea based off of just the scandal, which is I doubt that dumb person. Yeah, I honestly think if him and judges had to sit down and talk, I feel like it'd be okay. Um, I mentioned judges because just because like he does feel like the leader in that locker room so, or clubhouse, so it makes sense. But that's your captain, baby. Basically, um, yeah. So I guess in order of hierarchy, I would want Korea, of course. See, like Korea, one one A, C or one B, then a little bit of a gap, Simeon. Another little bit of a gap, story bias in some sort of order of like yeah. short, big name shorts ups. I would want. Um, it I already like, don't think Bias is on our list. I think he's. I think he's out. I, yeah, I don't think they're gonna go after Bias. Um, I'm with you where I think the messenger is gonna re up him. Um, story feels like a very big fallback option. I feel like there's some people in the front office who might want him, but for the most part, it like it won't be. Uh, it won't be a real thing. It's my charger. Dan's looking at me with a confused face because I was like, we're about to plug in my charger for my laptop. Oh, you're about to strangle me. We're on Zoom. We're on Zoom. Yeah, so... All right. It feels like Seager. Passing... Yeah. Passan was on... Or passing... Passan, Jeff Passan, whatever. Jet. He was on uh, the Michael K. Show and said... Um, you okay? Cooking pennies. Um, was on uh was the Mike was on the Michael K show and said uh that he he predicted that uh that Seager would sign with the Yankees for around three hundred mil. A lot of Yankees Twitter kind of scoffed at that because they like not that they wouldn't want Seager. Some of them a wouldn't want him at that price, and then b another decent factor which made more sense was like, okay, if you sign for three hundred mil, it means they will not sign anybody else. Or they will just try to improve around the margins. So, what do you think? Uh, the list of guys who I think are actually viable for the Yankees to sign in order of pursuit is mm-hmm. probably Seeger one, okay, Simmons and Drelton Simmons from earlier in our small fish option two, yeah, and then Correa three. Although I do believe that they'll probably touch base with Correa first because he is the, the biggest fish in the pond. Yeah, it feels not to like keep using nautical uh, nautical analogies, but I think he <laughs> the Yankees usually do their due diligence. If you'll bear with me, you remember every year they there's like a guy working in the Bronx or in Yankee Stadium, and he's like, "Oh, Corbin's here for his visit," and he sends like the photo of Corbin and pinstripes. It's like, yep. "Welcome to the Bronx, Patrick." Yeah, like, they'll do one of those. That 2018-2019 offseason was like the funniest one because we were so close on like a lot of guys, and obviously didn't really sign anybody. But it was like it was like that was like the offseason where you would see like okay, like Machado's at the stadium, and then like yeah, Corbin's like, there. Oh, Machado's van is leaving, and his boys are like punching yeah. in the arm. Remember the time where he went to uh, like Philly and like they, someone saw him like eating a cheesesteak like outside of like CBP, and people were like, "Oh, look, he's at like that." There's that sort of thing with like the Yankees. Yeah. Where they're, like, Someone will get a picture where it's like they're having him today at the stadium, and here's a picture of him on the billboard and or uh, yeah. on the jumbotron or something like that. So yeah, I feel like we'll get there with Korea. I just don't know how deep it's going to go based on how much they're going to be having to pay him. You're already yeah. paying Cole. You're already paying Stanton, and then you're going to have to pay Judge. So that'll be four guys tied up to a lot of money. And yeah. now that the Braves have won without a mega loaded roster, I think Hal's licking his lips at the fact that there's. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, a lot of a lot of owners are gonna start seeing it that way. But what we will uh we'll cross the bridge when we get there. I, I'm on I want uh Seeger personally, um, and then yeah. Korea, and then 
it's just like a huge drop off. If they end up with Anderson Simmons, though, you're gonna hear a lot from us. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not what I want. By the way, I don't want the number two option. But it's from what I've seen from beat reporters, rumor mill, and just people having some common sense. It seems like a move that the Yankees are certainly considering. Yeah, on the cheaper end. So if that happens, all hell might break loose. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's not because they don't have, you know, we don't have faith in the prospects that might come up. It's just like they're prospects. Like it still be anything. These users are an A ball. Like there's a lot of stuff that could happen in the next couple of years yeah. where these guys could get injured or they might not progress the same way. Something gets figured out. Like, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. I, I, I don't, I hope they go big with that. It it feels like there's more traction to them going bigger this offseason, though, than there has been recent ones. I, I think I, there's I some urgency so. from both the front office and the dugout to kind of do get this thing over the hill. Yeah, because like you've seen it, right? Like on Twitter, like in Yankee Twitter, where it's like, you know, it's it's a uh, it feels like they're willing to spend a little bit more, or there's some like rumors and like some cookie crumbs of like okay, Hal might open the checkbook this winter, even given everything with the CBA, so. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a spirit of fever in the air in the Bronx. We're ready to go, baby. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next, uh, I guess, position. First base, obviously we mentioned Rizzo was mentioned a lot in that press conference by Cashman. A lot of people want to see Riz back. I fell into like a neutral camp during the year. I'm more in like the, okay, if you can get him back at a decent price, I'm there with you. Cause I think he offers obviously a lot in the, in the clubhouse defense, obviously is top notch. It'll regress obviously as he gets older, but like my worry is that the Cubs offered him five years, 70 million as an extension. He turned it down. That's 40, 14 million a year, but he, he turned that down because he thought it would make more. I am just concerned. He's going to want a lot more in AAV, which I'm like, okay, fine. But like short-term, like here's two to three years max. And that's it. I really don't want him tied up in long. I don't want long money in the guy who's well over the wrong side of 30 and is regressing a little bit in different categories. Yeah. I mean, you sent me that article that speculated he would be ending up at around 10 to 11 mil. So assuming he would get a smidgen more than that. Um, I don't think he's going to get that same term that the Cubs deal was just because that's kind of like a hometown thing, you know? Yeah. Stay with the team who loves you. Don't go anywhere. True. True. Uh, true. Um, I'd be very happy with a two year kind of maneuver here. Yeah. If they were like, here's two years, like 36 million or something. Like I think Brantley got that same deal or it was two thirty six. Yeah. Um, I like, think that would be nice. Yeah, I'm like, okay, like you know, 16 million for a guy who's just playing first base doesn't exactly feel like the greatest, but oh, I'm about it. I got two yeah. years 30. You got two years 32 million. So 16 million a year. That's not too bad. Yeah, so that's that's. I'd be about it if they gave him that. If they gave him the Brantley deal, I'd be like, okay, I'm with it. If you go a little bit past that, and okay, here's 345. I'm all right with it. I feel like three is like my cutoff. If you go four or more, I I'm like, I well, okay. Go ahead. I hate to to just ruffle your feathers right now, but we had these same discussions with DJ regarding term, and then he ended up with six. Yeah, that's my that that that's also why it concerns me because it's just like they broke the they, you know they were like we'll spread the money out, and we a lot of people were like that's smart, 
But now it looks so stupid because DJ regressed big time back to the guy who he was prior to the juice ball. He is who we thought he was. This that's the DJ LMA who we thought we were getting for the original two years, 24. So like yeah. I I'm wary on giving Rizzo a lot of money and years. I hope that they explore other options before that. Um namely one Matt Olson, preferably speaking. Uh the A's look like they're in cell mode. They did not want to retain Bob Melvin. Of course, we talked about that. He's shockingly went to the Padres instead. And a lot of word now is that they're about to start shedding payroll. Most of their cores coming into their final years of arbitration. Uh, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, their corner infielders are two big names in particular, as well as a few pitchers. So there could be a deal to be had there where they package in a pitcher as well, like if Cashman wants to try going the trade route. Um. Olsen's definitely a great fit, I think, for the stadium. He's phenomenal defensively, and he races a lefty hitter. So would love to see that happen if they can pull off a deal there before hopping right into, um, you know, talks with, uh, with Tony. With, yeah, with Tony again, basically. Um, what are your thoughts? I kind of agree with your sentiment. I think they should see if there's a younger, better hitting option. I love this lefty bat idea that they have at first base. Yes. Um, I'm big on that. I'm really big on them having a lefty bat at first base. It just feels natural. Yeah. I am a Rizzo fan based on his performance this year, especially his one game in the postseason. Um, Phone calls. calls. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I think he proved himself to be, you know, a clutch hitter, especially in Yankee Stadium. So I'd love to see him back. But I agree with you. If there is an area where you can improve via trade and keep that same lefty dynamic going, and you're not giving up that many assets. I think it's something that you definitely need to explore. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's your first. I feel like it should be like it's one A and one B, I guess. Um, yeah. Between Olson and Rizzo, like an Olson trade versus like a Rizzo resigning. Um, I guess tied into the whole shortstop pot, like center field thing, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. I posited this question to Dan and then to a few friends of mine. Um, like if there's a trade sign option that's out there, like, let's say you do go out and sign a shortstop, right? Like this is, this is already prerequisite. You're going to go get a shortstop no matter what. It could yeah. be the cheap option, could be the expensive option, but if there's still like one more thing to be had, would you rather re-sign Rizzo and then trade for, let's say, Ketel Marte, right? From the, the Diamondbacks. He was a popular target early in the year. The trade talk's kind of cool a little bit. I'm assuming to get a guy of his caliber, you probably have to give up Glaber, which okay, fine. At least you're getting a young guy for like, you know, a similarly young guy and he could play yeah. center and a little bit of middle infield as well. But that was one. It was, you trade for Cattell Marte and you would resign Rizzo or you would trade for Matt Olson and you would sign Starling Marte. Which one were you more on board with? I don't even remember what I told you, but I remember you asking this question. I think you were more on like the, just get back Rizzo deal. Um, but yeah, thinking about it like i feel like i lean more now towards the olsen starling Marte deal i guess yeah i will stick with the rizzo side of it just for the sake of it i think (sighs) we need two sides this anyway so i I, like i want to hear you yeah one of the later benefits of sticking with the short-term rizzo deal ending up with Marte, and being able to move on from there is that after the rizzo's deal is done you're gonna have uh, three, two to three years left of DJ. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to find a spot for him. And at that point, you're assuming all of 
third, short, and second is going to be clogged up. So he could potentially become your first baseman in his twilight years. Right. I got you. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I do see the merits of doing, like, uh, we're not saying this is happening. This is more just me just, po- like, I, I was really just hypothesizing, like, what you could possibly do in order to, to clear, like, a potential infield log jam. Because, like, one of the, like, let's say you do keep Glaber, you do keep Geo. DJ obviously is going nowhere. You're going to have to resign. You're going to sign a shortstop, and then you're going to fill in first base somehow. Unless you just stick with DJ at first, which is an option, but, like, we're trying to think big at least. Yeah. Um, if you do all that, you're going to have DJ rotate around as a utility infielder, which is fine. It's just the, like, it's not the worst amount of money tied up into a guy who's not an everyday quote unquote player. Um, it's just like, it, it, I guess people would think of it as like a waste of, most people think of it as a waste of money, but it's not entirely that to me personally, but still, um, I think, yeah, I guess the Rizzo Cattell one works out the best because, in this capacity, hear me out here. You'd have Rizzo tied up for at least a couple of years, right? Yeah. Like you said, then you can move. Like I'm basically just picking back up what Dan said. You have Rizzo tied up for let's say two to three years. You have Cattell Marte, who's also locked up to an extension where he has a couple of options for 2023 and 2024, I believe. So you have him for at least three years. He plays some center, obviously. Hicks will come back, but Hicks can ro- rotate around in the outfield, anyways. Yeah. Um, DJ plays second for a few years, and then by the time you know two three years pass, Rizzo's done again you just shift dj back to yeah i feel like that is the best option i guess in terms of long-term planning in a vacuum though i feel like an old site teal to that site oh man tight seals vacuum oh geez site (laughs) teal okay site teal that's new um (laughs) he broke his brain um i I feel like gas i'm inhaling (laughs) who's cooking pennies um I feel like in a in a short term vacuum, having Olsen obviously because he's he's about to free agency after next year too. So then you'd have to decide between signing him and Judge, of course. Well, it shouldn't be a decision, but you'd have to sign him, of course. You'd have to sign Judge long term, but you would have only you'd have Olsen on the assumption you'd only have him for a year, and then you'd have Starling Marte locked up for at least two to three. So, that's you playing around a little bit with that. Uh, other first base options, of course, there if you. We've talked about it a little bit. Of course, you could just have DJ play there. It seems a bit like a waste of his, not a waste of his skills because his defense at second regressed a little bit, but it the offensive profile doesn't match what a first baseman should be. So it's a little clunky of a fit. Um, I'm more okay with it than Dan is, I think. But yeah. You know. uh, other options include Freddie Freeman, who feels like a long shot. I feel like he's yeah, just going back. Happening. To, yeah, I feel like he's just going back to Atlanta. I know people would love that, but it also feels like you have to give up a lot of money for a guy who only plays first base as opposed to a shortstop. So, not a big fan of that. I mean, like I would love Freddie Freeman on the Yankees, but I feel like it's a long shot. Yeah. Um, Brandon Belt, who had a career year, honestly, at thirty-four, but he's a little injury prone from time to time. So he's also thirty-four too. So something to think about, but. Um. And then Schwarber, if they want to go that route, but I feel like they're kind of moving away from his type of profile. Yeah, I think Schwarber is probably sticking where he is anyway. You think he's going to stick around in Boston? Yeah, I think they love him up there. I hate it. I wanted him in pinstripe so badly. Cash. I know. I was going through our Twitter account, every tweet and reply we've ever done in the year plus of our existence, and I found a tweet from either late November, early December, where you were clamoring for Schwarber. 
it just made sense because Cashman loves him. So it's like, why the hell? Yeah. Like someone, the, the analytics, like someone in the front office loves him as, as well as Cashman. So it's just like, I don't know why they didn't do it because it made yeah. just perfect sense, but it's fine. I, I feel like the ship has sailed on that because they want to shift away from that profile, which is okay. I get it. There's other options out there who you could go around with. There's Rizzo, of course, like we said, there's a trade. So I feel like it'll probably be one of Rizzo, DJ, or Matt Olson manning first base next year. I, I, I'll go on record and say that. Yeah. So um, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. So not really mentioned, but another position that people are talking about, I guess, but it hasn't been mentioned nearly enough is center field. Uh, it feels like they're just going to roll back in the next season with Hicks coming back from injury, his wrist injury, and that's just it. He's obviously yeah. locked up for the next, I think, four years, 40, like 40, 40 million over the next four years, something like that. Which, yeah. It's a smart okay. financial decision to make, and I think it's it'll be the the easiest decision to make. Yeah, just roll back with him. Yeah, are you cool with it, or would you like to see them explore more options? Because I know people are very people just some people just want him gone because people just think he sucked. I think he's not as bad as people say he is, but that wrist injury is concerning because it's yeah. Semi- I think I think you explore that Marte trade, but I doubt it'll come to fruition. Yeah, they there were some talks about Cattell and they kind of disappeared. So I really don't know if they'll go back to that. Um, uh, Starling Marte is obviously the best free agent option uh, in terms of like a hardcore, like a, just a dead set center fielder. But he is 33 years old and his game is built on speed. So don't really know if you want to do that again after the whole Ellsbury thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you obviously would command like a seven year, $157 million deal or anything like that. But it, he rejected, I think, three thirty from the like three years, thirty million from the Marlins when they were trying to extend him. So he probably wants something in the fifteen million range. Um, that's why. That's why I posited like between him or Rizzo, who would you rather sign? I guess because that money feels like it'll go to one of them yeah. if you have a choice. Um, yeah, it feels like they're probably just gonna roll in with Hicks again. Uh, I'm in the camp that says they should explore options, but I'll also be content if they just go back with that. I I'm a Aaron Hicks defender. I don't. I think he's better than people give him credit for the wrist injury though. does scare me because that's the same one that Tex had and he was never the same. So we shall see. Yeah. It feels like that's low in their priority list. Um, all right. Yeah, I think shortstop's number one. Yeah. It shortstop first base. And then on the margins, what do you think of the start? What do you think of starters? Right now? Like, where, where do you think we stand? What's the deal with all these starters? Uh, I think we could use an improvement somewhere. I just don't know where it's going to come from yet like I, like there's no ace option available i guess there's no like you know cole or no that cole strasberg you know that year that there's, there's not that this time around uh your best option is stroman who definitely is not coming to yeah he he's not coming to the no no matter how no. much he claims he doesn't want it it's not like it's just not happening in general no um there's a lot of there's a lot of uh i mean there's a few hall of fame like guys in this class who are on the like very wrong side of 30. There's Kershaw who's coming off a potential like UCL thing. Um, Scherzer who got dead arm in the playoffs and also just seems to want the West coast. Uh, and then Granky who, uh, well, yeah, Granky who probably doesn't want any part of New York and then Verlander who also is coming off of Tommy John. So yeah, you no good options. This feels like something that they're going to kind of piecemeal together as the off season goes on. Yeah. There's a lot Maybe of, there's find a lot. someone as a trade target. Oh god, another 
JMO, Paxton, yes, Sonny sir. Gray. Yeah, God. Well, there is a free agent option that people have been talking about in that one. Uh, Carlos Rodon, because he's like, he finally seemed like he unlocked something this past year, but he also got, he also had a shoulder injury and missed like a good chunk of the year. So that feels right at the Yankees. And he's a lefty. That feels like right at the Yankees alley to just give him like, Here, here's three, four years, a bunch of money. Come pitch and miss at least two of these seasons. <laughs> like that just feels I like, laugh, but you're right. You, you, you laugh because I'm right. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's been one people have been talking about because it's just like, yeah, he's 29. He had his first breakout season, and then, but then people were like, but he also had a major shoulder injury, couldn't pitch really during the playoffs. It's like, and his whole profile has been him being hurt for most of his career, like, which makes him just the perfect target for the Yankees to be like, we have a new strength and conditioning coach. Our pitching coach got the most out of some of these guys this past year. Come pitch for us. And then he misses like two, three years, and we're like, why do we give him money in the first place? And this isn't new either. They've been doing this since the Carl Pavano years. So, like, (laughs) yeah, Javi Vasquez. God. Yeah. Cashman really just can't find good pitching, can he? No. Unless it Cole falls into his lap. Or a CC Sabathia, AJ Burnett offseason, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, nothing will top that 08, 09 offseason. And that's why we won. I mean, yes, we literally just spent all the money. Like, there was no need for Mark Deshera that year. And they were just like, eh, why not? We have some fun. We have some fun bucks lying around. (laughs) Some Steinbrenner fun bucks. Technically, George is still alive for that one. So, yeah. He was. He yeah, he he left in February? Uh no, 2010. Oh. I think maybe February of 2010 or July. Okay. 2020. That makes yeah, sense. But yeah, he passed away in 2010. Yeah. So technically he was still alive for that one. Um, King George Fun Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. The starter options are kind of bleh. Um, like Dan has been alluding to. I've been a big proponent of signing John Gray because I feel like his stuff matches a profile of like the guys the Yankees look for. Um, the Rockies offered him the extension around three years, 35 to 40 million, which is kind of where I thought he'd fall in the first place. Yeah. I really like 345 is like a round number for most of these guys because it's like you get 15 million a year and you pay you're here for three years. Like it, I, I feel like that's as good as it gets for the most part for most of these guys. Yeah, 452, I guess, is another one that the Yankees like to toss around as well. But I I would like to see them go after him. Like I said, yeah, he has some Yankee pedigree. They drafted him, he went back to college. Um, he's a high fastball slider usage guy. Uh, he's pitched his entire career at Coors Field and actually pitched relatively decent, but it feels like he has another year to unlock. I feel like the Yankees are the perfect team for him to land. We'll see. He might get more money than he's worth, uh, and the Yankees are comfortable shelling out. Robbie Ray's another guy, uh, who he might win the Cy Young, of course. He finally unlocked something. Uh, the Yankees have loved him in the past, but I'd be worried to give a breakout guy, like literally having his first good year ever. Yeah. Like, big money which he probably will command now that he might win the Cy Young like especially if he wins the Cy Young he's going to command way more money than I think he's worth so yeah there's always Thor nah I'm good no okay no I don't need any shirtless warm-ups Matt's Bronx Matt's you want you want some of the Long Island action Matt's did rebound a little bit and he's a lefty so it's not the worst idea on a nice one-year deal absolutely yeah. One in an option, maybe just to make it like work, I guess. Sweeten it up. Yeah. I, I just couldn't give him long term. I think Syndergaard already said on Twitter he's going back to the Mets anyway. He did have a really good. Wow. He 14 and 7, 29 stars, 3.82 ARA, 3.79. Wow. The FIP, the FIP matches perfectly with the ARA. That's actually amazing. 150 innings. Most any pitch since 20. Oh, okay. Wow. He actually had a really decent year. He's be, he would be a poor man's 
good Montgomery. Uh, I feel like we have worse ideas, but I just don't feel like listening to Kay bring up the fact that he's from Long Island every time. So yeah, we need to sink that island to the sea <sighs> with me on it. <laughs> Take me down. Yeah, it's fine. I've had a good run. Um, other than that, not really too many good options. Uh, outside of that, I don't know where else they would improve the margins. Don't sign a reliever, please. Just, there's no need to sign relievers anymore. Yeah, there really isn't. Loiza good. Mike King, uh, Albert Abreu for stretches. Like they just proved that you can just if your guys can't stick a starters, you could just throw them in the bullpen and hope for the best. Like they've done a pretty good job of developing these guys. The days of spending, like if I guess for closers, it's one thing. But the days of spending big money for relievers that needs to end. Yeah, you can get depth. You can de- get depth from the guys who just don't make it as starters. It's time for the relievers to end. It's over. Yeah, it's it's done. But yeah, um, yeah, there's not really much. Like that feels like where they'll try to improve. I guess. Yeah. For the most part, like I'm looking at like what would be like the cheapest offseason they could possibly go for. <laughs> It's kind of funny, honestly, to think about like how cheap they could possibly get if they wanted to. Yeah, no, they, they could at... not sign anybody. Oh, yes, but I'm saying like cheap in terms of just like they they like here's some improvement on the margin, and, like that's it. They saw like the one Marwin Gonzalez home run from game whatever, like <sighs> game seven or game five. They give him a deal to play first base and a little bit of everywhere else. If the Simmons or Seager Don't speak this or, into existence. I, I'm speaking into existence because you know it's a like it's a possibility. It's more than like twenty percent. Yeah, Simmons and Iglesias for or, or Iglesias for shortstop, I guess, like is another one. And then in center yeah. field, they just roll out, you know, Brett Gardner for a good one hundred forty and call it an offseason. God, I would hate it, but I can a hundred percent see it. Then Boone's got two more years to cook. Oh God, don't do it. Um, I saw some people floating that Gardner might just be asked to come back as a first base coach. So that's fine. He would get thrown out every game. He would teach people to head, uh, slide head first in the first base like every time. I feel like that's his one move and that's it. It's a good move. I mean, it's gritty as hell. Honestly, I love Brett that he does that. So, um, but yeah, there's a, it's an interesting offseason to come that might even happen. It's going to be an interesting offseason to come for a season that might not even happen. So, yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, but we'll be here when it does. Yeah, it uh, we'll come at you as stuff happens. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll hear some stuff next weekend. I guess after yeah. uh, after the GM meetings, maybe some rumblings on some trades, some rumors. Get the mill working. Get the stove on. I guess what I'll ask you is what's uh, like right now. Like, what's your ideal offseason? Like, what like what does your ideal offseason look like? Who are the targets you want the most? Seager a starter and. Rizzo or your Olsen trade. Okay. Um, I'm more or less on board with that. Yeah, I feel like... I, well, I guess in the absolute ideal scenario, it's Correa. Correa, Olsen, Gray. Correa, Olsen. Yeah, Correa, Olsen. Gray in the Infinity Stones. Gray, yeah, Gray, gray in the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, and in an ideal world, it's not going to happen, but I'll, I'll settle for Seager, Rizzo. Probably Gray as well, or... Um, or Rodon, I guess. I, like, I'm okay with it. Just as long as they don't give him, like, here's four years. You're going to miss two of them, but it's fine. Give him two. Just, yeah, just give him two. That's it. Just give him two. Call it a day. If he misses, like, good chunks of both, then it's like, all right, at least he gave him a season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, something like that would be uh would be ideal. Oh, would you want to see them trade Gallo? No. One with that one. No. I'm you're in. with you're I'm in on Gallo. Oh, okay. All right. You're more than me. Yeah, I know. But I more am, than me. I'm here yes. for him. I'm not it's not even that like the the clappish article where he was just like, he's a weird dude. Like that, that's not it. Like I think he'll be fine in New York. I'm just like, you have two guys that do that and they put the ball in play. Like, why would you just do this and then again it's like but why do you like schwarber so much i'm like yeah because schwarber i feel like is just like it didn't cost prospect capital to go get him it just cost money as opposed to like here's Money's a bunch fake. of our, yeah here's a bunch of our prospects go get me the other tall lefty guy who just mashes dingers gallo breakout season incoming i would love it i i don't think the new hitting coach would do much honestly but i i would love it um yeah yeah well uh We'll see. I had the just trade Gallo for Adam Frazier thing lined up because uh, the Padres need more power and we need more contact. So I feel like that it was a mismatch for both those teams to get the guys they did. So just correct your yeah. mistakes by giving up a one for one. They're both getting free agency after next season anyway. So there's that. Also, that comes in a factor when you're trading for like a Matt Olson too, because it's like, okay, you have Gary, Judge, Gallo, and then Olson all hitting free agency at the same time. Who do you give money to if you're uh, going to play poor? Judge is definitely getting the money. Yeah, so that leaves like just a little bit of piece of pie for three dudes. One of them who's probably a goner in Sanchez, and then uh, between Olson and Gallo, and I'd be like, give all the money to Olson and nothing to Gallo. <laughs> Personally, make him poor again. Make him poor again. Tell him to go back to Texas. He liked it so much. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Gallo's a good guy. I, He's great. I hope he does rebound if they keep him around. I know there's some rumblings they might trade him, so we'll see if they do. Like I said, Adam Frazier for Joey Gallo feels like I'm just the perfect course correction for both teams. <laughs> like, one of you guys need a power, the other one didn't need power. Just, just do it. <laughs> it, it's, it makes the most sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do a little mind the gap. Let's do some CBA talks here. <laughs> Is this seasoning happening or not? It, like, let's just let's let's get it out. Let's get uh... let's get out of the way. Is it we happening or not? Start until June, baby. <laughs> you think we're going to start in June again? I think spring training will happen later, so I think we're starting in June. Okay. Are you saying no season? Uh, no, 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 there. no. I, I'm like, sorry. I was reading a Bill. J- yeah, I'm reading Bill James tweets. Is the he's Bill James had a Gary take? Look, is there anybody all caps who thinks the Yankees should keep Gary Sanchez a catcher? Question mark. But he's kind of getting a bad deal, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, Sanchez is being blamed for the fact that his team has assigned him to do something that he obviously can't do. This, by the way, is not a tirade. Oh, okay. It sounded like a tirade. Not a little bit. Used a lot of caps there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Bill. He's gonna get more. Uh, whatever. Gary's always gonna get more crap than he probably deserves, but it's fine. Um. Anyways, I think we we're gonna start late. I think yeah. we're gonna. I think we're gonna. There's gonna be a bit of a freeze. There. Okay. So the difference between a lockout versus a strike. A strike the players do on their behalf. A lockout happens when the the owners lock the players out. Just to clarify for people who weren't really sure. Um, tell us it, more, Dave. Tell us more. Um, the owners obviously feel like they're headed more towards a lockout because they feel like the players aren't really deserving of the money and stuff that they're demanding. The players are also geared up for a strike as well. I think Tony Clark is. And La La Land, if he thinks that's something positive is going to happen from, you know, all of this, he feels like talks are progressing well. But Manfred's also an idiot for just whatever he has to do for the owners. 
it's a combination of two really crappy parties coming together and you know nothing really happening i've been there before (laughs) yeah just imagine your two worst friends who never text you back are trying to create dinner plans it's not gonna work yeah what a tuesday we're gonna end up at like a sabaros at 10 p.m and that's gonna be the season starting in june would a Thursday in February, uh, January suffice for you to watch some TNF at Dave and Buster's? Hey, I love Buster's. There's no uh, Buster slander on this podcast. I mean, there's no Buster slander, but it's the fact that all right, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna. This isn't therapy. Um, <laughs> this isn't therapy. Um, <laughs> oh God. Um. Anyways, yeah, I I don't think we're starting on time. Um, the nice thing is the CBA ends obviously not before the season begins. It ends uh, December first, I believe, right? December first, it ends. Yeah. Oh, it's in the middle of the off season, like smack dab in the middle. You have time to negotiate something over the course of a couple months before you know pitchers and catch supposed to report. Spring training starts. Can have There's a lot some... of like uh, ESPN B footage of like owners walking in suits, players in suits. It's yeah, gonna be great. it's great. But yeah, they have that queued up. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a mess. I feel like this isn't going to resolve itself anytime soon. The uh, from, I guess we'll give you a little bit of uh, a breakdown, I guess, of where, like, uh, like some quick hits of where things stand. Uh, players obviously want, the, you know, owners to spend more, of course. They want that luxury tax to go up. Um, owners want to bring the luxury tax down, actually, and then implement a salary floor of about $100 million. I don't know what that does for you. And Like, why would you want to... They want to hurt the raise, damn it. I mean, yes... I'm fine with that, but also like, why would you bring the luxury tax down? Then in that case, no one's going to spend. Yeah, like uh, you're not going to spend nearly enough. And these players obviously want to get paid. It's so dumb. It's so weird. They're tired of the Dodgers winning, the Yankees losing, and the Rays winning with no money. I mean, yes to all the above, I guess for most of it. Like if you're neutral, I guess, but it's just, it's annoying. The players obviously want the sal- the salary cap, the luxury tax to go up. Uh, some sort of salary floor, I guess they they they've been wishy washy on whether or not they want to implement it or not, but. Yeah, there's also a couple other things that are going to be involved in there too. A universal DH, a pitch clock, uh, moving the mound back potentially. That that's all going to be in there. Robot umps could be implemented in that one too. Uh, whole lot of concessions yeah to be made on both sides, and it feels like there's nothing in terms no. of like, hey, we're willing to do that. The only thing people I, I think they're that they will come to a conclusion on is a universal DH. You will probably yeah. get that in 2022. So. That's cool. <laughs> Got to figure out what Bauer's up to. There's a whole slew of things. Yeah, he's not opting out, which shocker. Like, yeah, he loves that money. Yeah, I'm really surprised he didn't opt out. Um, yeah, it's a mess. I can't wait to see what kind of just catastrophe is is waiting to happen at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. I feel like we won't. I, you're saying June. I feel like we won't start until like yeah. I'm gonna say roughly around like late May, early June. We'll probably yeah. It just feels there. right. Yeah, we're gonna miss a good month and a half, two months off that schedule. Um, it's fine. That's when the Yankees did their worst this season. Yeah, exactly. Just eliminate all of all of April. We'll be we'll be okay. <laughs> um, yeah. If that happens, we're we're just not gonna record. Like, what are we gonna talk about? Just CBA talks. <laughs> We're taking a knee. We we need to pick a side. Who are we standing with? <laughs> oh, God. Us? Yeah. The two of us? The two of us. Who are we standing? Are we standing? You're a big wig lawyer guy, so I think you have to stand with the, the owners. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you're corp- well, protecting their I'm, interests. Technically, I'm corporate America too. So I have to. Uh, are we are we pro owners? <laughs> that that feels wrong. <laughs> all, uh, all I can think about is that stupid cutaway gag from American Dad. That's like American Dad stands with the National Football League Players Association. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just got dadded. Oh my god! I had to get one reference in there. <laughs> um, no, I'm pro players for them. Well, I mean, there's 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 points to both sides, but I'm definitely more pro players than anything right now because yeah, the owners are just doing some stupid stuff. They're acting like they make no money off of anything, which is just yeah, disingenuous and not true. So pay the yeah, players money in this economy. Just <sighs> you want a salary cap? Yes or no? Higher than where the tax threshold is now. Okay, because the threshold I think is around like two hundred nine million, roughly that, like thereabouts, like two hundred nine, two hundred ten. So yeah, I feel like it should be above that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like it would solve a lot of things. Obviously, in terms of both sides, I know the players would hate that, but I feel like it would solve a lot of the problems if there is one. It would but, also uh, solve a lot of headaches for owners. Yeah, but I'm also with them where it's like, it, like if there is one, it should be high. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Because you can't just be like, here's a $180 million, you know, salary cap. Like, you already like, paid Garrett Cole yeah, 45. Like, <laughs> Go have fun. The owners also can, like, we're going to say the owners can afford a lockout because most of them don't make all of their money off of teams anymore. The, the yeah. days of where like the team is their primary business are pretty much over. There's, I, I went over yesterday. There are only three owners whose primary source of income come from their teams. And two of them own other teams or are from families of other teams. It's the it's the Yankees. Like Steinbrenner's only business is the Yankees. Jerry Reinsdorf, who also owns the Bulls at least. Yeah. And then Larry Dolan of New York's most illustrious Dolan family who owns <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians. He's cousins with uh, James yeah. Dolan for with the uh, Knicks, baby. Yeah, Bing Bong. Actually, can you? Yeah, can we get that? You can can we get the Bing Bong? I think the Knicks might have licensed Bing Bong. Ah, uh, they play it at the games now, so maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll edit that. Also, cause them to lose two games, but I digress. I could have told you that. I could have told you that. Yeah, I, I could have told you that. The Knicks <laughs> hopping on something that the fans love. No way it goes poorly. No way. <laughs> Rally cups. <laughs> Rally goes. God, grown man walks into a baseball stadium wearing a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup costume. I thought we were over this. <laughs> no, never over it. Yeah, you did fight a war about it, so Boston I don't fans. blame you for not being over it. Boston fans are dumb. Yeah, my final take. Um, final yeah, take. <laughs> final answer. <laughs> final answer. Boston fans are dumb. Um, <laughs> all right. As always, we'll, we'll be back at some point. Um, hopefully, we hear more. And then the coming week. In the coming week. I feel like we'll hear some stuff out of the GM. Yeah, there'll be murmurs. Some murmurs. People here are starting to murmur. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the balls to get a job. <laughs> Dan. Hey. I say you do. <laughs> now I'm going to throw this now. Oh, look, he's flying. Oh, look, he's drowning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thank you.